Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. My name's Satsunami and joining me today all the way from France is the one and only Valentine. Val, welcome to Chatsunami. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure having you because one of our mutual friends who goes by the name Wonko the Sane and has been on the Chinibio episode, fantastic guy. <laughs> yeah, he had recommended you to come on the show because of your many hobbies. So yeah, here we are. So how are you doing? tonight. I'm good, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. It is surprisingly very sunny in Scotland today, would you believe that? Yeah. I know. (laughs) It's a miracle. (laughs) I mean, it was, because now it's obviously going to be nighttime quite soon, but yeah, it was quite warm, which is nice for a change. How warm was it in Scotland today? At least now it's about 11 degrees, which for us, that's a heat wave. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that is, bad. yeah, that's like people out in their garden sunbathing. In fact, see, before I came on tonight, I'm pretty sure I smell a barbecue coming in. Really? So someone's definitely. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. When I lived in the UK, when we had that kind of weather, people were just like out in shorts and flip flops. I'm not. I'm not. I can't sound surprised about the barbecues. I mean, we've got in Scotland in particular a very bad. I don't want to say condition, but a bad epidemic of what we like to call taps off weather have you ever heard of that no i haven't no so taps off weather is when usually it's like young or middle-aged men who decide oh there's the sun let me take my top off and (laughs) they just walk around the streets just with their tops off so we call that taps off weather it's exactly the kind of person you think would participate that's all i'm saying yeah exactly i can i can definitely picture that (laughs) Yeah, it's like the typical, you know, the British tourist abroad. Yeah, I do, pretty much actually. that. That archetype, as it were. <laughs> I'm praying for rain tomorrow. That's really? all. Oh, no, I'm not so, like, actually. No, I'm like, <laughs> for legal reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> I was like, just like you don't have to see someone with their tops off, or are you serious? <laughs> I know, it's the burden you have to bear in Scotland. It's like, do you want to see people with their toes on? Or do you want the sun, you know? You can't get a perfect balance in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, but no, I'm glad to hear the weather at least is keeping up relatively well over there as well, yeah. I live in the south of France, actually, but we live quite high up, like not really like on a mountain, but kind of. And here it's actually really cold compared to like a city just like an hour away or something. In January, we were snowed in and I couldn't go to work. We couldn't go anywhere for about a week. And when I told that at my job, people were like, for real, like, are you serious? (laughs) I was like, I swear I'm not lying. (laughs) I've never seen that much snow in my life. And it just, yeah, seems so weird. Because you picture, I mean, the south of France as somewhere where it's always kind of sunny. And I don't know, I feel like some people kind of think that it's kind of like California or something, which just absolutely is not in terms of weather because yeah I mean I was the first the first surprise to be honest that is fair though because whenever you see the south of France and this is me generalising but you know you always see the pictures of it being very warm and maybe not tropical but you know yeah uh, I totally know what you mean yeah like people sunbathing or yeah Stuff like that, and and no, it's cold. I mean, not everywhere, but um, it is definitely colder. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say over it. Yeah. (laughs) 
okay, that's a small talk part of the show out of the way. It's like, it's the weather. (laughs) I'm checking that off my bucket list. It's like... Talk about the weather on chance. Yeah, exactly. As we were talking about before, of course, you have a lot of hobbies, of course. And one of the main prominent ones is the fact that you are indeed a singer-songwriter. Is that correct in saying? It is. I am, yeah. It's kind of funny because I started, I think the first song that I wrote, I was like eight. It was just like words, like lyrics. And I was just like singing, just like that. So then my mom wanted me to play piano and I was like, sure, uh, I guess I'll do that. And I went to every single lesson for a year. Apart from the last one, I quit right before the end of the year because I was just terrified of my teacher. (laughs) He just, he was just like a big, bald man. (laughs) And he's scared of me. Like, you've no idea. And for people listening, I am really short, like a really small person, okay? (laughs) And I've always been like the smallest kid in the class, kind of like the skinny, small kid. And I just thought, uh, yeah, like I've always been that way. And I guess my personality, when, especially when I was younger, kind of like really did fit. My appearance, I guess, suppose. I was like really shy, and the teacher was always like, Just play harder, you're not gonna break it. And every time I was like, Oh my god, I was like crumbling on the inside or something. Just before the last lesson, I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I quit. And then I didn't really play music until I was 14 when I started playing guitar. And that's when I started like writing songs with music along with the lyrics. And now it's how many years later? Oh God, I'm old. Four, five, six, seven, 13 years. Yeah, it's been it's been 13 years. So yeah. Oh, that's a long time to be dedicated to it, right enough. Sorry, I was actually going to say when you said, oh, I'm old. I was going to say, yeah, you're amongst friends here. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> oh yeah, a little bit before you're going to turn 30, you're actually realising you're not a teenager anymore, or like in your early 20s. <laughs> it's that feeling of, am I actually an adult now? Oh yeah, I, I still get those kind of existential moments where yeah. I'm sitting in the car or I'm sitting in my house and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm a tax-paying homeowner. <laughs> what? <laughs> when did this happen? I've got responsibilities. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, I've got a dog. <laughs> I've got bills to be. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, no. As someone who's went over, and I want to emphasize this as of this episode, just went over the threshold of 30 <laughs> last yeah. year. Yeah, uh, it's a scary prospect when you look Is back it? and you think. How does it feel? How do you feel about it? Well, everything aches a lot more, I'll say that. <laughs> Which is surprising. Don't tell me that. You know, people make the memes, they go, oh, my back's aching, oh, my this and that's aching. And sometimes you wake up and you get like a random ache you've never had. And I have to admit, I'm in that mindset. I'm like, well, this is the end for me. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a good Don't run. tell me that, because I've been feeling that way for quite a while now. Sometimes like I wake up with a pain in my neck that I never had before. And... Oh, yeah, no, same. It's like you wake up in weird positions and, you know, know, you wake up as if you've been, I don't know, cosplaying as a Tetris block and you're like, <laughs> How did I how did I wake up like that? Exactly. Well, I mean, I wanted to get new pillows just in case. I mean I was blaming the pillow, not my age, but now I can't I don't really know what to think anymore. <laughs> further study required <laughs> <laughs> exactly i think i'll just get like another pillow just in case and then we'll see is it me or is it just my bed that's not good enough <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that is the question of the episode. Is it the bed or is it getting old? I expect the essay by the end of this episode. To those I'll try my so, best. Yeah. <laughs> We're all dying to know. Yes. <laughs> Going back to your musical journey there. Oh, God. The teacher thing, I know exactly what you mean. I had like a teacher who was very much quite strict, but I wouldn't say like whiplash strict. You know, it wasn't so much like very, it wasn't like yelling in their faces or anything, but I feel as if it was a form of psychological torture. Oh, I definitely get what you mean. Oh, you had to play like the same notes over and over again for, and I know that's how practice works, but you know, you had to play things like Oso Mio, Master of the House from Les Mis. Oh, okay <laughs> that's why i hate that song or not hate it but dislike it to a passion because there's nothing that will kill your love for a song than about 30 kids in the same room playing it over and over again off oh, key yeah. i was actually inspired to start my own revolution at that point i was like you know what how hard could it be to get my hands on a flag and just start causing <laughs> chaos i'm like it can't be that hard so i, do- I totally see what you mean <laughs> The thing is, though, it can be quite daunting when you have something that is more in an academic situation rather than, as you said, you obviously continued writing and singing past Mm -hmm. school and everything, but would you say there's a difference between when you were studying it initially in school versus now? that you've got that freedom. Yes and no. It is because just the songs in themselves are quite different because obviously I write autobiographic. I'm not really good at like storytelling. I'm not definitely not like a like a Bruce Springsteen type of writer. So obviously I don't really have the same worries or, or stuff like that as I guess as 15 year old me. So in that sense they are different and there are actually a lot of songs that I wrote when I was a teenager that I don't play anymore because well, to be quite frank they were not that good and I just can't relate to them anymore as well. There are actually some that I do still play, do really still enjoy. I thought that I would have maybe more time as because you know like you're a kid and you think oh I have to do homework and stuff like that but actually do have a lot more time as a kid in school than as a working adult and uh, (laughs) so yeah the time thing is definitely a lot different because it was definitely a lot harder these last few years to actually find the time to dedicate to do to songwriting because I have I don't know I have this thing with time I'm not very good at managing it I suppose it's always been like really difficult for me for example we're supposed to start recording at 8pm my time at 7 I was like stop everything I have to do something in one hour and so even though I would have had the time to actually do something I feel like I can't because there's something like around the corner and, and it's difficult I mean I don't know if that's I know it's definitely not the case for everyone but yeah like time management is definitely like very difficult but I have actually started working part-time and not full-time as of this year so I've I've actually had a lot more time to dedicate to that but also just the fact that being out of school and and being an adult I feel like I have more it's easier in a way to reach out to people and maybe I feel a little bit more confident as well and just so like you've got a gig now I actually have a car to go there and I don't really have to ask my mom could you drive me there (laughs) so definitely have have a little bit more freedom there as well goodness no I totally see what you mean about time management because yeah. you're completely right when you are younger you do feel as if you have almost all the time in the world you know yeah, you think oh I'm, and again 
again, not to get too deep, apologies, but you know, you think, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, oh, I've got all this time. And then one mm-hmm. day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, my joints ache, I'm 30. Oh no. Exactly. I've got to take the dog out. I've got to, I don't know, like for grocery shopping, like stuff that you just did not do as a kid. You had to go to school and you had to do homework and you thought that that was your whole world. I mean, because it was. And there's just so much more than that now. So yeah, but yeah, I've always been bad at like, I'm managing time. I've always been like a big procrastinator. Even in doing like exams, I was like sometimes for like 15 minutes just looking at the ceiling or something. It was really hard for me to actually like concentrate and you have something to do, do it. This last few years, I haven't been as active musically as I would have liked. Also because of COVID, because slightly before COVID, I actually saved money enough to actually live on for like a year and a half or two years. And I was like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to move to a bigger city and just try and pay music for as long as I have money and then see what see what happens. But at that time, I was 23 and then COVID happened and I couldn't do any of that. And I didn't have a job. So I had to, li- so I had to actually live off the money that I had saved. And so when COVID ended, I did have to get a job. See what I mean? And so I got a bit, I mean, I just feel like I got kind of like fucked over by COVID to be honest. <laughs> Because, I mean, as as so many other people, but like I had a plan. I was like, okay, like I'm going to like try and do this professionally as much as possible. And because I've got nothing to lose. I don't have, as we mentioned, dogs. I have two dogs and a cat. I don't have, I didn't have, I didn't have them back then. I was single. I had myself to take care of and that was it. And so, which is enough already, don't get me wrong. But so like no one was like depending on me. And so like now's the time, let's do it. And then COVID happened. So yeah, that was unfortunate but now that I'm you know like working part-time and actually I'm going to have a little bit more time even a little bit more time now I think I'm just gonna try and get gigs and put as much as possible not necessarily trying to do it as like my main job but at least if that's like one of my let's say if I have like two part-time job and one of them is music then that's good enough for me you know that's definitely kind of the goal right now out of the whole post-covid rush of having to get a job and get a new place to live and stuff like that. A lot of people listening in the future probably will have no idea how mm-hmm. bad it was, probably in hindsight. You know, I mean, like, people born after the 2020s being like, oh, what oh. was COVID? What, what what was this pandemic? <laughs> Why were you hiding in your houses? And things like oh that, because I totally know what you mean about having plans and saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, because I remember I had plans. I thought, okay, this is going to be the year I'm going to get my act together I'm going to go traveling I'm going to save up money I'm going to do this I was even going to visit my friend slash co-host in Canada I was like I was going to go places uh, well yeah. I say that I mean that in the most humble way possible I mean literally go places <laughs> yeah yeah. just in case anyone's listening going well look at him he's so full of himself I'm like no oh, I no, literally no, need no, to no, get no. from point A to me <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I ended up, of course, much like everyone else, you know, we were all trapped in our homes and things. And it was just a weird time because on the one hand, you know, it is like a horrible, horrible moment of a lot of people's lives. But weirdly enough, without COVID, I don't think things like the podcast, like this particular show, would have existed without it. I mean, it might have maybe in the future, maybe in some capacity, but not as prevalent as it was back then. 
and it is weird how that was like a moment that a lot of people seem to be affected by it in terms of their creative outputs especially with some of the creators that I've talked to before a lot of them started twitch streaming or creating their content during that time so I'm just curious in terms of your musical career did you feel as if your music was affected by that period of your life? Not that much to be honest because like the things that I was writing about uh, like I didn't write about like feeling isolated because of COVID and stuff like that like the stuff that I wrote about were more like issues that I had before or just feelings and stuff like that that were definitely not related to me being stuck in in a house that didn't really have anything to do with that I think simply because I think that I'm someone that's quite like I do better on my own most of the time I'm someone that's like it's really tiring for me to be around people for quite long periods of time and I'm the kind of person that's sometimes being like oh I'm sorry I can't tonight I can't go out I'm just gonna read my book so that aspect just being locked up in your house was not difficult for me and so I didn't really write about that I tend to write about things that I you know like some writing for me is definitely like an outlet there's a lot of things uh, that are just like overwhelming and like I just need to get it out and it kind of becomes a song and COVID was frustrating as I mentioned before because I had plans and I couldn't do any of that I couldn't carry on but creatively it didn't really affect me it didn't really affect my songwriting but I had more time to play music obviously and so I that's when I actually recorded my first EP was during um during lockdown yeah I, I can imagine you must have had obviously tons of time it's one of those rare things isn't it where the whole world was pretty much the same that everyone was just locked in your house which just feels weird that nowadays that's been what three years as of this episode yeah i'd say so but maybe more than that i mean it depends because a lot of people uh, thought that covid was over four years ago or something or it's, it's, and some people think it's not even really over so it's, it's definitely subjective i'd say because i know it's still technically there and everything but the lockdowns mm-hmm. are like ah i'll be fine just go outside you'll be fine you'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> I actually always remember before I started like doing a job where I worked from home, I used to go into this office and I remember during that time there was like a lot of people who were quite scared about it and everything and as silly as it sounds to boost everybody's mood because I used to like bake and everything and bring it into the office I was like, oh, I'll bake a cake. The next day, um, our Prime Minister announced that, oh, by the way, lockdown's effective <laughs> right about now and I was like, oh shit, I've lost my cake tin. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that cake tin again. I don't know if it's been binned or uh, I hope it was binned because I don't want to think of like this. I mean, obviously now it's all opened up and everything, but I don't want to think of this like cake tin just rotting away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible side tangent. But... <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's fine, don't worry about it. But in terms of your music, because I feel as if this isn't something that I've touched on yet, but what kind of music do you play? What kind of music do you create? I play, again, like, it's kind of sound like pretentious or something. I, I was just about to say it's kind of hard to define, but it's it's extremely pretentious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I suppose I play kind of indie folk indie rock type 
music like a lot of reverb I guess I like reverb but it's definitely like we used to be I mean as of now it's I like guitar and voice and because in my mind I was uh, I like I just had like this really like minimalistic approach I thought or I used to think that what I put out online like recordings and everything for people to listen to had to be what I was able to recreate live and so that's why as I am a solo act I thought that it must only be like a guitar and a voice and it's been like that for two years maybe like a year and a half I used to think that way until now like a few months ago I've actually started to add like more vocals and more guitar parts and then now I'm actually working on a new song with actually drums and maybe other instruments I don't know yet but it's still the same kind of like indie I suppose like indie rock um, type of vibe I guess that's kind of how I would define it also kind of quite sad because I remember there was this song that I sent to a bunch of people a few months ago and, <laughs> and one guy I can't remember like I sent like like a few radio stations and like small labels and stuff like that because as I mentioned like I make everything like I write and I perform and I record everything on my own and so having an outsider's opinion is actually quite important because sometimes I could just get too much just need like somebody's advice so this person replied to me um he said musically it's quite good it's interesting it's definitely very sad a lot more sad than I would like but if it's your vibe keep going (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, okay. (laughs) So I guess you could say sad into music. (laughs) I mean, that is still an achievement if, you know, you're getting that much feedback from it. Something you were saying earlier about when you were saying you were getting, like, lifts to gigs and things. How does that feel, playing in front of a live audience? It definitely used to be terrifying, but it's weird because it's, in a way, kind of like a double-edged sword. Because feeling-wise, not literally. Because I used to be, like, something that I was so passionate about that I just really wanted to do. And so the fear of messing up in front of a lot of people wasn't strong enough to refrain me from actually doing so, like playing a live gig. Something that I've actually started to do, I've actually started to take singing lessons because I never had. And a lot of people have taught me like, you sound great, but you need to be more confident. And I was like, okay, I need help. And so I started taking singing lessons. And that's something that I haven't played a gig since though. And that's definitely something that I think is definitely like working. So I'm interested to see how that will evolve. But yeah, it used to be very terrible. I remember when I was 18, I played this gig for like a benefit event can't remember for what there was obviously very little people it was like a small town and they were expecting more people but there was like I don't know like 15 people maybe not even in the room so I played and there was no PA the guy that contacted me I mean that I was in contact with told me you know like it's going to be like a full PS head and everything you don't need to bring anything and I was like cool there was no mic no nothing <laughs> and I was like okay this is going to be interesting so I did the best I could and there was this I always remember I can't exactly remember his face but just like the way that he was sitting there was this guy sitting in the front row with his arms crossed and just you know I don't know like a big old guy it sounds bad but I'm just saying how he was very physically intimidating maybe I should say that and he kept looking at me with like zero facial expressions nothing and I was like oh my god this guy is just hating his life right now and (laughs) afterwards he actually came up to me and he was like you know that was quite good what you did there I enjoyed it I was like whoa 
honestly, I was so surprised because he just looked like he was hating his life. And he came up to me like, good job. And I'm like, oh man, you don't know how much that's meant to me. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, it's it's scary in a way, playing life, but only like before you do it. I feel like when you're playing, you definitely make mistakes, but they're not that important. I mean, it depends on the mistake, obviously, and how you actually react to them. But a lot of people don't pay attention to what, to like the slightly mistake that you're actually going to make. Like you messed up a chord for two seconds before before you actually like did it right you saying that part slightly out of key but people don't really pick up on it and if they do I feel like at least you know just live music is what it is and it's honest and you can't fake it so yeah it's definitely like a big I don't know I don't want to say hi because it sounds weird and it's not like that I mean not that I've ever experienced that before but anyways it's I don't know you feel good afterwards <laughs> you feel like you've done yeah. good <laughs> like you know give yourself a pat on the back good job you did good <laughs> <laughs> no I, I totally know what you mean because I think it was a couple of episodes ago one of my friends was saying like a very similar thing we're talking about D&D or something you know something very totally not nerdy at all and he was saying the same idea that if you're like in control of something or you're supposed to be the expert whether you're controlling like a game of D&D or in your case whether you're the musician in the room and if you do something because I've done this plenty of times as well where I've messed up something I've got I can't believe I've done that I can't believe this has gone wrong that's gone wrong did you hear the balancing and that episode and all of this and then you know other people who are listening to your content they think oh no I thought that was great and you're like you're just being polite you're just being polite and they're like no no I didn't so I totally see what you mean when you know as you said you think you've done like a minor mistake and think oh no it's awful and then as you said you've got that lovely lovely yet intimidating man coming up to you and being like oh yeah great fantastic yeah honestly that was lovely <laughs> like really was not expecting that it's one of the best memories i have i think to be honest it was yeah <laughs> it was great um because it was so unexpected and it was so reassuring as well it's quite surprising because i feel as if i mean I, I suppose no matter how small or big you are in terms of like content creation it feels really nice and i don't mean that in an egotistical way when someone comes up to you and says oh i loved your music or i loved this or that that you created but do you feel as if it's something that a lot of people they are not really as forthcoming but they don't really think about it like they'll listen to your music or they'll consume a bit of content say to themselves oh that was good and you know they'll like walk away but they won't really I mean obviously not everyone but they might not think that it's as important to actually go up to for example yourself and say oh that was some great music. It's interesting because I feel like it depends on a person and how maybe how much they enjoyed it or how much they were affected by it I think I think it really depends on a person and also that there's just people that are shy and also there are also people that think oh she doesn't care what I think who am I to tell that person anything about what they are doing a lot of people think that they are actually not entitled to yeah like give their opinions on on what you're creating whereas a lot of people a lot of people sorry that shouldn't feel this feeling of entitlement to actually comment on everything that you do uh, sometimes to tell you things that they should have kept to themselves but I'm sure you see what I mean <laughs> oh yeah no no absolutely <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you're totally right. It's definitely just depends on your audience, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. For me, it's a little bit tricky because people mostly comment on the voice or the sound because I write in English, but I so far have only played in a non-English speaking country. And so I expect a lot of people can't actually relate to anything that I'm saying because they don't really like understand it. And so maybe there's like this barrier, maybe a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't know because a lot of English speaking artists are really big in France. So I don't know. Do you feel as if though it's easier because you were saying how your songs, obviously, since you're writing them, they're very personal to you and your journey in life and things like that. Do you feel as if it's easier to sing those songs in English when you're up in front of like a French speaking audience? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not saying they all don't understand, but I know what you mean in terms of they're probably not going to get it the same as either a native speaker or someone who is like really fluent in English. So do you feel as if it's like easier to sing your songs in English to those kind of audiences? Yeah, maybe... Definitely at first, because as a performer, uh, just kind of just wearing your heart on your sleeve can be a bit daunting, I think. So it's definitely, I think, easier. We used to be easier. Now I don't really care that much anymore. I've definitely grown more confident into what I'm doing. I didn't used to either. And so, yeah, I think putting up music in English in a not English speaking country was a little bit liberating because like, okay, it's out there and not that many people are going to actually which is again a double-edged sword because not that many people are going to connect to it but you want the people to actually be able to appreciate what you've done in its entirety <laughs> so maybe it used to be easier but now it's a little bit frustrating i'd say i could just imagine you singing about something very you know poignant and quite you know it means a lot to you and then you see a couple of people in the audience like banging their head going woo catchy song <laughs> i was like no no that's that's not the message here it's like, do you know what it reminds me of? You know how you get very catchy, for example, I think, I think this is probably the common one, but you know you get catchy anime songs that are in Japanese only, but they're like mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. upbeat and everything, and people oh, go, yeah. yeah, this is such a catchy song, oh, I love this song, what's it about? And it's about like a very serious societal yeah. issue or something. Oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, I wouldn't be bopping to that in the car, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I definitely, definitely get what you mean. I've seen that people, like, people do that before to a lot of lyrics. For example, there's that song, what's that song? Another Day in Paradise, I mean, you know that song, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Just because of the piano part in the beginning, but, you know, like, the catchy part, it's very catchy, and it is really good, but people here tend to think that it's, you know, kind of like an upbeat, maybe not necessarily happy, but not, like, a sad song, and not about, like, a serious thing, like, the guy's talking about paradise, it must be be nice right because they're definitely like a lot of words but like the most is a transparent or common one that people understand here so yeah like oh another day in paradise what a nice song and it's actually about you know it, it's about a homeless person being ignored and just like homeless people just being treated badly and then facing just how rough life is so yeah it was so weird when yeah like i've seen people definitely kind of like being happy kind of dancing to that song and i'm like oh oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> it's that moment when you're just looking and you're like, please don't bop your head. Or... <laughs> oh my god, exactly. Don't look happy. Like, sing it if you want to. Enjoy it, but not that way. <laughs> 
because one of the ones that actually comes to mind thinking about uh-huh. like French songs is, I mean, you'll know them better than me, not personally, obviously, but you know, is it Stromae? Oh, yeah. Is he Belgian? Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay. No, that's good. That's okay then. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. But I know he's got a particular song called, and apologies if I'm butchering the pronunciation, I swear to God, I did do standard grade French. <laughs> I tried higher, I wasn't great at French. <laughs> oh, it's a difficult language. Oh, it really is. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful language, but my God. Well, so people say, but when it's your native language, you don't really see that, I suppose. But you don't hear it like the outsiders, so it's it's a little bit different. But sorry, you were talking about... Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, I was just going to say, just on a side tangent before I get on to that point, when I was learning Spanish, I always remember I had a pen friend who I was talking to, and I was saying, oh, why do you have two verbs to be? And why do you have this? Why do you have that? And then they'll come back immediately, and especially my girlfriend as well, she'll say things like that. She'll say, why do you say this in English? Why do you say that in English? And I just look at them, and I'm like... I don't know. Yeah, because something I didn't realise until, like, I met my girlfriend, I didn't realise that I spoke in a lot of, you know, idioms and things like that. And, you know, that way it's just you're so used to it. And you're like, oh, yeah, six and half a dozen. And they're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> but, yeah, so, but sorry, going back to France, apologies. <laughs> Stromae had a song, I think it was in 2013, called Papa Ute. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the only song of his. I'm, I'm actually familiar with. Yeah, I know it's oh, thank goodness. really big, but like I, I don't really listen to the radio or anything, and so and even like his music, like I can appreciate what he's doing, but it's not definitely not really my vibe. So I'm not that familiar with his like recent stuff, but definitely like that single Pabauti was definitely like a big song. And keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I always remember when I went through my phase, or well, I say phase, sorry, when I started like re-studying French after yeah. just for I, and I use this very loosely just for fun to try and get back into it and I'll really need to get back into it someday I swear I'm terrible at procrastinating <laughs> but I always remember listening to a lot of French songs and Stromae was one of the artists that mm-hmm. was recommended was popped up yeah. and I remember listening to it and I know if you separate the title it literally mm-hmm. translates as yeah. like Dad yeah. Where Are You it's a very oh, catchy yeah. song you know it's very upbeat it's like really good but I remember this is terrible because the whole song is basically about just quickly looking at the notes here it's like you know about a boy who lives with his mum and is wondering when his dad will come back Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. like it's very serious it is there's a message behind it like a very serious message Mm -hmm. and I always remember I don't know what show it was if it was like an American award show or something but he ends up singing it with and this was live he sang it with of all people Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas (laughs) that was an experience oh that was an experience I was just sitting there like Oh, that was it. Sorry, it was the NRG Music Awards. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was 2013, where he sang it with Will I Am. All I'll say is, look it up on YouTube, because the way I'll describe it, it won't do it justice, because you watch it and you go, this is not a fit. And it's just, I know, sorry, that's a long-winded way to say, like, I know what you mean when it's like you're trying to sing about a particular message, and then you've got someone trying to parrot the same lyrics back to you but oh, 
Yeah. But it's like obviously the message is literally here is lost in translation because you're just you're saying the words but you're not meaning the words. Yeah, like you don't really know what it means and how touching or deep or personal and, and serious that subject actually is. Kind of just as a final question, what would you say? Because you, you've talked about you know your journey through learning it through school, developing as an artist and everything. I swear to goodness, I don't mean this as a kind of like interview to be like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? But... <laughs> You know, that old chestnut of an interview question. But yeah, where do you see yourself going in the future with your songwriting? Because obviously, I know you said like it as a personal thing. I don't expect you to be like, oh, I'm going to write a song about this or that. But where do you see yourself going with it? I feel like right now, I'm honestly like, it's going to sound so pretentious again. I'm not, I'm like the most down-to-earth person that you could ever meet. I feel like I'm kind of at a pivotal moment, I suppose. Because right now, my day job, it's kind of like definitely like taking a turn and I'm going to have a lot more time actually to just focus on what I actually care about, which is music. And the fact that it's the only thing that I want to be doing and the only thing that actually makes me happy, I've just had like this realisation, you know, that this is just what I need to be doing. And so like, if I don't try my best for at least a couple of years and see if I can actually make a living out of it, to me, that's like making as much as like a regular part-time job, like that would be enough. I'm not asking for, like I'm not a ambitious person but even though like I fully admit making a living out of your art is definitely a very ambitious so hopefully in 10 years I that's what I'll be doing I don't see myself as like a big artist or anything like that and that's definitely not what I'm looking for but honestly if I'm able to actually tour and like play shows outside of France I suppose that's kind of where I see myself in 10 years maybe like I mean hopefully that's what I want to be doing in 10 years you know still playing and writing but maybe maybe writing for other people as well because that's definitely something that I feel like I can do and sometimes you can make way more money that way again that's not what I'm looking for but I mean I do have rent to pay and dogs to feed so <laughs> I think yeah I think it's, it's the only thing that I think else to like carry with me like no no matter how old I am or, something, or anything you know like in 10 years or 20 years is still what I'm going to be doing so yeah hopefully it'll be professionally in 10 years we'll see but that's definitely something that I am working towards right now well all I can say is I can't wait for you to come back in a couple of years on to this show. Well, oh, that I'd is if to. you're not too famous. Oh, please don't. <laughs> I'll be I'll be messaging you saying, oh, would you want to come back on? And your agent will be saying, no, 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 oh, Val doesn't no, have time. No, just, no, just, not today. No, don't, don't, just don't yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> too busy touring in Germany and Spain oh, and, God, you know, the no. other warm part of France <laughs> where there's no snow. <laughs> But no, I, I know what you mean. It's obviously hard to know where you're going to go with, or not where you're going to go, but more so what the future's going to hold. Because as, as we talked about in depth earlier, I mean, none of us expected COVID and the pandemic and everything to happen. No one expected the lockdowns. I mean, there was literally no way to predict that. So I'm not willing another pandemic into existence. Got touch wood here. But yeah, the future will be interesting, right enough. But honestly, I sincerely hope 
for the best for it because let's face it, it could only go up. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I mean as well. Like I don't. I mean, as I said, I have dogs to feed without. So like I don't have kids. I'm not really planning on it. So no one really depends on me. So I feel like you know now's the time, and that's what I meant to do before COVID anyway. So you know, might as well. Sounds like a good plan to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you know like i'll give it a few years and then i don't know do something else find another part-time job but it definitely will always be at least a part-time job or always like at least treat it that way i suppose so yeah well that sounds good to me to be honest <laughs> <laughs> on that note val thank you so much for coming on and yeah well, just thanks for having me. that was great yeah, no honestly i really appreciate it well thank you that was cool i enjoyed it before we finish up though is there any social media pages or anything that the lovely listeners at home can follow your content on? Oh, sure. Well, if you want to listen to the music that I make, it's up on any streaming platform like Spotify, Apple Music, any of that, even YouTube. And I post like, I've started posting small clips of me playing music or like parts of something that I've written and stuff like that on Instagram. So yeah, like your classic um, social media platform. I suppose. I thought I should just double check because I don't want you talking about this and then people are like, well, that was a great interview. Wait, where's the music? No, once again, Val, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, if any of you would like to listen to our previous episodes or hopefully future episodes with Val on, you can catch the Chat Tsunami podcast over on our website, podpage.com forward slash Chat Tsunami. I also would like to give a huge shout out to our Pandalorian patrons, Robotic Battle Toaster and Sonia. Thank you so much for supporting the channel. And yeah, without any further ado, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. This episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low-quality, one-track audio waves. But with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.